This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. To stay in the know about everything happening at Fratton Park, including the latest news, analysis and transfer updates, take out an online Pompey subscription with the Portsmouth News today at portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Our offer starts at less than £1 a week. You'll get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app. Welcome to the latest Pompey podcast. And considering last week was such a tremendous success by tempting back Christian Burgess to speak all things Pompey, we thought we'd have another popular character to come along on the show. And this week it is none other than Connor Chaplin, who's kindly agreed to come along to help me plug this book again. Uh, if you didn't know, the, I've got a book out. Well, where you've been? This is basically, it's called Pompey, the island city with a football club for a heart. And Connor has his own chapter in his own inevitable style. So this week we have Connor Chaplin and we hope you enjoy what he has to say with his Pompey reminiscing. Welcome to the latest Pompey podcast and yet again for the second week running we've got a special guest in the, I would say studio, but they're in his own house and uh, it's none other than Connor Chaplin. Connor, (laughs) hello Connor. Hi mate, how you doing, you okay? uh, What age are you by the way? 30 at least. 20. 23 It's got to be. Don't How are you only 23? It's incredible. What do you mean? Only. I've got one year left of potential and then I'm done. <laughs> You've been around forever. <laughs> Feels like that. Does feel like that. What year was your debut? Oh, God, Neil. Um, 15? 14. Yeah. 14. 14? Akron, Six. Oh yeah, it was. Um, my sister, my sister um, sent me a time hop the other day. It said it was six years ago, and that was literally a few days ago. So yeah, twenty fourteen. Oh, wow. Yeah. So six, six years, years around crazy. first teams, dear me, it is crazy. You know, yeah, that's Peter Pan of football. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't feel like it. When I, I'm twenty four in February, so it's a bit scary. Does that mean you're old now? Uh, don't know actually. Don't know what's old in football. What's old in football? Twenty five feels old in football. But you've played a lot of games, haven't you? If you think about it, for your age, it's a hell of a lot of games. Um, yeah, I played. I've played over two hundred now. Yeah. Yeah, over two hundred. He's always been old, is, an old head, though, haven't you? Yeah. Well, to be fair, I'm quite quite proud of that. Um, two hundred. I haven't got um, or had too many injuries um, I've been quite I say lucky but I try and I have been lucky but I do the right things to try and make sure that I don't miss any games in terms of illness injury um, things like that so yeah so far it's been it's been a good ride um, fingers crossed that it stays that way so the, the, the reason Connor's here today not because we miss him and want to chat to him but also he's helping me plug my new Pompey book which is here <laughs> Uh, obviously, <laughs> listeners can't see this, but it's here. And Connor's in, 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 in the book with a, 
the, the idea of the, the, the Pompey book was just following a season at Pompey, and coincidentally, Pompey drew Barnes in the FA Cup, which was a perfect occasion to, to speak to Connor about his time at Fratton Park. And, uh, you know, and it's, uh, it's a fascinating read, this chapter in particular, because it explains the reasons why he had to leave. And also, I love, I love your background, because Pompey, it's always said that you're one of Pompey's own. And uh, your background's really interesting because, you know, you do genuinely have a massive affiliation for the club. And me, me and Jordan, I'll never forget for the Czech Trophy, Trophy final against Sunderland, <laughs> me and Jordan decided to look along, along Wembley Way to look at all these, <laughs> these, these, these thousands and thousands of just random... I don't know what the chartons are, this, by the way. I don't know what the chartons are. <laughs> I've got an eagle eye, chappers. I don't miss a I trick, mate. The as well. <laughs> and we, and we, we actually spotted Connor with a couple of his mates walking down Wembley Way. And it was a bit of a surreal, surreal moment. Uh, and he left Pompey at that stage. But he just wanted to come back and, and cheer the team on. And I think it says a lot about him and his affection for Pompey. Is that, is that right? Yeah. I didn't, um, obviously, I was at, at Coventry at the time. Um, and my mates were still back home, obviously. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I got the train down in, in the morning on my own. Um, and on the train on the way down, I was like on the underground. Um, it was only when I got like on the underground that obviously Pompey fans started to get close, or I saw started seeing a lot more blue, um, and I was like, oh, no, I don't know, like I need to keep my head down at some point here. So now I was on the there was Pompey fans going and Pompey chants going on the underground, and then one of the fans turned around and recognised me. <laughs> oh, he's on! He's oh on. no, I've gone again! I've gone! <laughs> just just switched his Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, one of the Pompey fans turned around and, and recognised me, and then started singing songs and singing one of our own, and that was quite um, quite a journey. <laughs> I had about twenty minutes left in the underground, so it was a bit lively. But yeah, it was actually no, it was brilliant. I didn't want to miss that. Um, obviously, Pompey hadn't been at Wembley for such a long time. Well, you say actually, you say such a long time. Some teams hardly go at all, but we've actually been quite quite a lot in recent mm. years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I didn't want to miss out on that chance, and obviously I've got re- obviously I had friends there, but really close friends and close as well. I didn't want to miss watching him at Wembley. Um, so yeah, it was something that I'm so I've been having gone now. I'm so glad that I went. I'd have been gutted if I never went, like really gutted. So yeah, I'm so glad that that I went. Um, and I just, yeah, I didn't want to miss it. You, you know what, that you, um, about- you know that you know that episode of Alan Partridge where he, um, you got Dan and he shouts at him, Dan. Dan, and yeah. I was kind of leaning over the top of the barrier. Chappers! <laughs> Chappers! Chappers! <laughs> Chappers! About the 10th time, he kind of looked up really sheepishly at me, like, oh, hello, George. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't look first time, man, if I knew it was you, but I didn't distinguish the voice. <laughs> Did fans recognise you in the crowd as well during the game? Uh, yeah, obviously, it was in the, um, in the stadium as well, like getting food and drinks and stuff like that, and... Uh, yeah, I saw um, I saw Touchline Tony and I saw Ledge, um, Alan Knight. I saw yeah. a few people about, uh, which was really nice. Actually, I had a nice catch up with Tony. Um, and yeah, just there was a few, a few people sort of where we were sat as well. Um, and I was obviously giving it some singing songs with my mates, and my mates loved it. Well, like, <laughs> I was um, singing songs, and obviously when the goals go in, you lose yourself for 
for a little bit, and then I think, mm. oh yeah, look around, and I'm thinking, oh no, I shouldn't, shouldn't be giving it all sort of, yeah, someone could have, <laughs> someone could have the camera, but I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't, didn't mind at all, it was having good fun, so it was obviously the perfect, um, perfect ending, but it was such a good day. Because uh, you, you say you, you do follow Pompey, you, you've got that affection, and rumour has it, you're always badgering the club to give you iFollow passes so you can watch them this season. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I don't have um, any day that, or any time that I'm playing, usually Pompey are playing, so obviously it's Saturday, 3 o'clock. Mm. Um, but games during the week, obviously we've had quite a lot of games during the week, so if my game ever falls on a, on a Wednesday and Pompey's on a Tuesday, I'll always try and get a code from the club. Um, or if, I think we played Friday and then Pompey are playing Saturday. Um, so yeah, whenever I can get, get the codes or whenever I'm, I'm able to watch, I'll, I'll try and get the game on. Um, but yeah, obviously I, I want to wanna watch and, and still watch all the games and things like that, definitely. And Harrogate away last year, weren't you? Yeah, I went with one of, um, <laughs> I went with one of the lads up here actually. He's actually a scammer. Um, He's, oh, from no. um, he's from Southampton, so I dragged him along to the game. I was like, I want to go, want to go and watch. Um, Tarragut's about it was about thirty minute drive. Um, so it's one of our Brad Collins, our keeper. Um, he's a great one of my best mates up here. But he's uh, he came with me um, to watch the game. And yeah, that was to be fair. We were sat in the car for about an hour and a half waiting for the game to be able to kick off. So I was thinking, <laughs> We had a stinker here, but by the time we got back, it was obviously really late because of the delayed kickoff. But um, no, that was a that was another good one. Uh, looking back at your time at Pompey, and there's a really interesting bit in the book where you used to talk about Paul Cook hmm. um, and about how initially you you were scared to death of him. <laughs> Not initially, I am still. I'm still. I absolutely, I absolutely love him. I think he's unbelievable. Um, each time I've, I've played him against him when he was at Wigan, even when we played at their place for uh, for Barnsley last season, um, when we played at their place for Drew Neil Neil, mm. he invited me in the, in his um, dressing room afterwards. So I was in there for about 15, 20 minutes and he was just, just talking football and just asking how my family was and, and talking about things like that. Um, but I've, I've actually got, I'd say, a really good relationship with him. I don't, don't text him or talk on the phone at all but whenever we see each other I, I do really enjoy talking to him um, yeah so he's someone that definitely when I see him I'm a bit like feeling like a bit bit of a bit of a kid still um, takes me back to sort of being 18, 19 um, but yeah I know it's, I really do really do like him there, there was one moment when you were a naughty boy under Cookie that I remember Chappers a moment on social media <laughs> Yeah, I played Carl Aces for that. <laughs> that was Carl's. That was that was Nazi's fault. <laughs> Sucked me in. Were you were you were you egged on by any chance? Is that how you're? Is that how you're telling <laughs> it? That's that's my blame. Yeah, Nazi was <laughs> one of my best mates at Pompey, but he was um think a little bit of ill um ill advice there. So I blame I blame Nazi, but we laugh about it now. But I blame him yeah. at the time. I guess we should just recall. Which game was it? Was it Morecambe or Fleet? Was it Morecambe? Yeah, Morecambe. Morecambe. Yeah, Morecambe. Uh, just re- retailed the story, wasn't it? That you were in the stand and, and took to social media, and uh, our our mate Cookie uh, made his made his thoughts clear to you a bit later, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, the next uh, the next day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was 
that was something that that's probably actually that's the most scared I've ever been. Probably <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was the full graph of, of Porco. But it wasn't. It was a. It's actually a funny story because we the game actually at Morecambe. There was a. It was a twenty man squad that travelled, um, and we all twenty people out on the pitch warming up, which obviously isn't really normal. Um, the people that aren't on the squad wouldn't wouldn't necessarily warm up, or maybe they do some running before the game and. And then you sort of get showered and watch the game. Um, but all 20 of us warmed up and we didn't even know the bench. So basically me and me and Nazy found out that we weren't in the squad when the Tannoy announced the, the team. And the no. Bench. <laughs> so that's how we found out that we weren't in the squad. So obviously that made it a lot worse for us too. So we obviously weren't happy that it was done like that. Yeah. Um, and that's probably what happened later on. But... <laughs> It was actually on the on the Monday morning. I can't remember whether it was the next day on the Sunday or whether it was the Monday. I can't can't remember. But yeah, I went in the office and he was screaming at me for a good. It was probably only about forty seconds, but it felt like seven minutes straight just screaming at me. Um, and then he sent me out to training. Um, then Liam Richardson just said to me, "Like go and see him." Um, sort of, he's calmed down. And I think it was. Um, I actually think it was Neil World. I don't know whether it was Neil World or whether it was um, someone yeah, he, he else. Was they, they came... He was there. He tells about it. Yeah, he, he was there. Was it him? Yeah, it was, yeah. So it was Neil. Uh, he's, he came up to me afterwards and he said, you ought to see what you done when you left. So obviously he screamed at me and I've left. Um, and then Neil said to me, apparently he just turned to Neil and he said, he winked and he said, that was scaring and he was just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> true story. It's a true story, that. So I was like, so I was like wow. So obviously, he was, he just done it on purpose to to scare me and make sure that I've never done anything like that again. But yeah, after training, Liam Richardson said to me, just go and talk to him. He's, he's fine. He's calmed down now. So just go and talk to him. And I went went and spoke to him, apologised to him after training. He was, he was absolutely fine. Just <laughs> laughing. Did you learn your lesson then? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. So it's good never. Man. Yeah, it's per- it's probably perfect management. I've never, never after that day would I've gone on social media during a game um, or anything like that ever again. No way. Which is which is important as a, as a young yeah. man, definitely. Like I see it now because I've been mm. at Coventry, which was um, a very young squad, and Barnsley mm. was even younger um, mm. as a squad. Um, like I see things that some of the young lad, younger lads do and like think like it's so stupid but you do need that one time to do something and then you do need that sort of to be scared or you need that realisation that you can't you can't do those things it's not how it works yeah um, and then never do it again obviously it's up to the, the individual and the human to decide whether they go and do it again or not but really if, if you're being told that you shouldn't do something then you shouldn't do it again well, were, you, were you there when Connor Wilkinson did his famous moment where he refused to do the, the team song? Yeah, that's yeah, that's Plymouth away in the semi-final. Yeah, what happened there then? Just said that he wasn't singing. Um, and I know like, I know a, a lot of lads that hate singing, like really, really don't singing. Uh, don't mm. like singing, sorry. Danny Hollins is one. Danny Hollins is, I'm really close with him now because he lives, he lives close, um, me, Adam Webstone. And him is still really close, uh, mm. and he's um, he hates singing. He'll never sing, but he'll he'll pay the fine. So basically, on the fines list at the start of the season, there'll be a fine for not singing. So obviously, you sing, 
but the fine for not singing is usually pretty hefty because a lad would rather you sing. Um, mm. But whatever the fine is, he'll pay it because he just can't stand the thought of standing up in front of people and singing. So anyway, it was a bit like that. I don't know whether it was just... It wasn't that sort of vibe though. Like he wasn't, he wasn't going to sing because he had like real fright about it. It was just like, I'm not singing and that's that. Um, yeah. So I don't think that attitude went down well with, with Cookie at all. <laughs> just if, if, if you don't... If you, I think he said... If you, if you don't sing, you're not getting on the bus on the way home. <laughs> and he means it as well. He's that's one he person did. that means it, isn't it? Well, exactly. But he's saying he did. He didn't sing. Sorry, and then he wasn't even in the squad because obviously because because of that something so little. But obviously, it's just a bit of team chemistry before um, before the biggest game of of our season at the time. Um, and yeah, he obviously he didn't like what he saw at all. So he wasn't didn't turn out that he was even in the squad. I just want to talk about a little bit about team chemistry. It would have been a, a maybe a month or two after that event. I would have thought it would have been the pre-season after that, uh, which we were lucky enough to join oh. you. The Ireland pre-season with cooking. <laughs> He's smiling as well, and he knows. He knows. Smiles lit up on Connor's face. Now I must say, there was one a game and a night in particular, Sligo. Where Connor was yeah. one of the good boys. He was one of the good boys. There was a there was a night where the players were allowed to let their hair down, and the coach left at eleven o'clock to return to the hotel. Connor was on that coach, wasn't you, Connor? Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just didn't after that game. I didn't. I didn't feel like it was the. So I was only only a young lad then. So I was. Yeah. I knew that there was still quite a a way of the trip to go um, and I wanted to train well I wanted to play well when I played we had another game over there as well I wanted to play well when I played because I wanted to basically I wanted to get the team at the start of the season um, so I just wanted to make sure that those trips are always quite good for young lads to sort of stake a claim or to be bang at it and make an impression so that's the way I was looking at the trip as a whole so I think that night out came quite early on in the trip and I didn't mm. want to I didn't want to jeopardise sort of my performances in training or on the on the game that we had coming up um, because I was like having a drink with the lads and that would probably if it if it was now I probably would have the social the social part of it just because I think that is really important. Cookie's mm. one of the people that made me realise that um, that sort of team camaraderie and that togetherness as a team that you only get on sort of I'm not saying you only get on nights out but you only get through team events and seeing people when they're like that. Um, you probably get that togetherness even better. Um, so if it was now, I probably, I probably would have. But at the time, it was the right decision to sort of get back on the bus and sort of focus on the the rest of the trip. Um, yeah, I'm sure you're alluding to something else. Anyway, so I'll let you carry on. <laughs> I'm not going to say. I'm not going to name any names. I'm not naming names. But you, there were people that didn't 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 uh, take the same route as you that night. And uh, yeah, and uh, I think I came down for breakfast at about half nine the next morning and they were still they were still stragglers <laughs> making their way back in then so we sat yeah. <laughs> probably probably was with that with that set of lads it probably definitely was <laughs> but there's but a serious note to it as you I, say I, isn't there I, I, I mean I think Connor's referring to the end of the trip Connor did actually go out didn't you yeah I did so I thought I thought it was um, well actually no not I thought it was it was better timing um to go out for with a few of the lads, but I didn't really, I didn't really realise. Um, but so a couple of lads sort of took. I was, I was only young, so a couple of lads took me under their wing. Um, 
but it was a couple of, but it's a couple of the big dogs in the group so it's, um, <laughs> Carl Bennett Ender Stevens and Gary Roberts oh yeah um, so it was me with them three and <laughs> that was I was they looked after my nose three and yeah they got me in all sorts of bother to answer, yeah. all sorts of bother um, and then yeah well, that night was um, was um, such a good night it was a very very, very good night um but I was under the impression that all of the lads were going out again. But that, that never materialised. It was only like us four, because um, we had a flight the next morning. Um, and I think we had to be into breakfast at something like uh, 6.30 or something yeah. silly um, in the morning. Because our flight was um, maybe like nine o'clock or something from Dublin back to, back to Southampton. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I was, I think I got in a taxi. Ender put me in a taxi. It wasn't even that late. It was like two o'clock. Put me in a taxi. Um, and I ended up, I don't know how, ended up, I wasn't even talking. Ender was the one talking to the taxi driver. So he sent me to the wrong hotel. <laughs> got to the hotel. Went to reception. <laughs> went, went to the, you can probably tell the state hotel. I went to the reception and said my room number. Said I needed a key. So I was room with Closey. Said I needed a key. And they said, this room, we haven't got a room number with that with that number at this hotel. So I, like, I told him my name and everything and anyway it was a long hotel. Um yeah and then and then um, and then anyway I got back to the to the right hotel. I don't couldn't could not tell you how, I don't remember how. Um and then I remember str- strolling up and walking to the thingy and Kev the kid man was just loading his car. It must have been about Four o'clock in the morning. It was it was actually sun, sunlight as well, um, and he was just loading his van, and he was just laughing at me from, he was laughing at me from about fifty yards away. The closer I got, the more he was laughing. Um, and then I got straight in, went to bed. Must have been to bed for about two hours by the time I got in, and and um, then I was up for like two hours later um, for breakfast, and then obviously on the flight and things like that. I felt terrible, and then I think we had two days off um two days off or something after that and then we we're back in training at roco and yeah that's when cookie let me know in a, in a sly way that he knew that i was out um he just put me we were, we were doing a running session we wasn't even training we were just doing a running session um and it was only like four four minutes if i was to do four four minutes now at the at the same mm. thing i'd be absolutely fine but at the time i was a I was actually a bad runner. I wasn't that fit. Um, mm. Yeah, I was just just young and I wasn't wasn't fit and athletic um, at all. So I was with Michael Doyle, who's one of the best runners I've ever seen uh, at thirty six, mm. whatever he was at the time. Um, Gaz Evans, one of the fittest people I've ever seen. Uh, Guy Roberts, who's very 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 fit. very fit. Um, Carl Baker, who's extremely fit as well um, and Ender Stevens so I was with them five and there was six per group so the, the gaffer led the teams out and I was thinking oh my god like I actually can't run with these people like it's going to be embarrassing um, and I think he was obviously looking at me whilst I was just sort of taking it in the groups and he sort of said to me said if you want to drink with the big boys you need to learn to run with the big boys so I was, yeah, it wasn't, um, it wasn't the best sort of 16 minutes of running. It was quite embarrassing, but 
I got through it, and that's the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you mentioned about that pre-season tour. You, you, as a team, as a squad, you had a tremendous team spirit, didn't you? That that season in particular. Um, how close, <coughs> Nick, were, those, were you and those players? Um, yeah, it was. It was probably. I'd say it's probably the one of the closest dressing rooms, or if not the closest dressing room I've ever been in. Um, and it was like. Like you say, there was loads of different, um, loads of different ages, like really big scale ages. There was a few young players, um, few people in their prime, few few lads that were even like Robbo and, and Doida that were a lot older, Carl Baker, David Ford, um, that were a lot older, um, sort of the senior heads. Then you had lads like um, Ender and Benno, um, Gaz Evans, people like that, Cal Naismith, Burgi. Um, that was sort of mid twenties, so there was a real sort of age gap. Um, but yeah, the team was just—I don't know. It was, <coughs> I don't—I don't—I couldn't tell you why or how. I think there was definitely a realization that something could be achieved, and that was um, quite early on. So that was probably quite a big thing in terms of why the team was so close because everyone had that common goal, everyone had that common drive. Um, so if someone wasn't pulling their weight, you'd be called out for it because there was that end goal. Um, whereas other clubs I've been at, um, and even other squads at Pompey, there wasn't one. There wasn't that, and two, there wasn't that um, that sort of goal in terms of having something that was expected mm. of you. You yeah. obviously have goals and seasons and things like that where you want to end up and what how you want to do, but that was really expected of that team. Um, and we took the pressure of that. We took the mantle of that, and everyone sort of bought into it and lads would get called out. There was obviously some fights at times and things like that, which was was so good for the team and it, it was needed as well because it was it was a squad that was that close. And if anything like that happened, it was just, it happened and then it was just brushed under the carpet and then you go on to the next game and everyone's sort of fighting for each other again. In that run, at the end of the season, that phenomenal run, you, the team only lost once, didn't they? And that was at Stevenage. Hmm. Just once, and you had a penalty, didn't you? You didn't tell me. It was like <laughs> 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 we'll get you on the podcast, and let me just yeah. kill you. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> People still talk about that penalty to this day. Actually, <laughs> that's, what happened? There? I think that's. I think that's probably. Oh, take away the semi. I don't want to be. I don't want to be stupid there. Take away mm. the semi-final against Plymouth that we lost. That's mm. probably the worst thing that's happened in my career. Like, honestly. Wow. Really? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, as a personal feeling. And, but yeah, definitely. But it's something that I learned from as well. Like, obviously, I was really young. Um, I learned from it. Um, but just know I'd never be in that position. I'd never put myself in that position ever again. Not not to take a penalty, obviously I'd take a penalty. No. I'd happily mm. take a penalty whenever I could. Um but yeah, I'd never do something like that ever again. Never. What, 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 what are the what are the emotions? What the emotions that come to mind when you think of it? Is it embarrassment or ain't frustration? Uh, or? Oh embarrassment. Um Yeah, that's probably the main one. Um naivety is definitely up there mm. as well. Mm. Um so I remember thinking, I said I said to 
I think it was because Robbo was on the pitch at the same time and Robbo like let me have it um, and I said to him like I'm going to go down the middle like it's safe because I always always said we always said in training like middle is such a safe penalty like goalkeeper has to die mm. but like you can't like obviously I didn't miss a target or anything like that like Sinner um, we've done it recently in the uh, Adam Ola Lookman done it for Fulham didn't he in the Premier yes. League and things yeah, like that recently um, and obviously it's a lot worse there it's on telly and mm. it's a lot worse they're obviously scraping for their lives um, but yeah I just think that you cannot be 3-0 down in the game and chip a penalty like you can't do that <laughs> like you just ca- you just cannot do that if you if I run up and like hit it as hard as I can Smash it. and I miss yeah. keep, keep it didn't move like it's fine mm. like no no one said anything to you it was on target like it's fine um, yeah generally in my head as a 18 year old was I maybe I don't know, 19 mm. Mm. must have been 19 at the time I just thought that the safest way of scoring this penalty is going down the middle and then the keeper was about 44 years old and just never moved. Obviously, he could be bothered. <laughs> Three nil up, I thought, oh, the game, the, the game's done. Like, I'm not moving. Um, yeah, so basically just, yeah, that was, that's honestly one of the worst memories of my career so far. Definitely. I feel, I feel guilty now bringing that up. He's, oh, no, sorry. No, that's actually, it's actually, it was quite nice talking about it. I've probably never spoken it's about like it. It's like therapy, isn't it? Yeah, actually, yeah, actually, yeah. That was, yeah, that was horrendous in in the dressing room. That Cookie was Cookie was actually great. Um, he did. He said to me in front of the lads, like, "You like you can't do that. You need to learn from it. Um, like you need to obviously respect the players that you're playing with on the team as well, because there's other players that could have took that penalty and scored. So obviously there's things like that. Um, so yeah, something that I did definitely learn from. So it was a obviously a good. Um, a good thing in that aspect looking back but in terms of like one of the worst feelings that I've had it, that's definitely up there things took a turn don't get me wrong obviously it, obviously it didn't even it wouldn't have even mattered to the to the game to the result no you'd um, lost you'd lost didn't you yeah. no we'd, we'd already lost but in terms of like even now the chance to score a goal should never be taken for granted as well mm. so like things like that like I've never that would never happen now. So that's maybe if I didn't do that, then I'd do it further on down the line. I don't know. Mm. But yeah. So yeah, uh, things took a turn in the right direction in the weeks after that, though. The uh, yeah, Notts yeah. County. You you come off the bench at Notts County, didn't you? And started against Charlton. Yeah, I did. Yeah, me and me and Jamal. Yeah. So um, again, seminal memories for you. The Notts County. Was both games really? Oh, yeah, when you started, yeah, yeah, yeah. Started the last, the last three, or maybe most games after Notts County. I started, I think. I'm mm. not too sure. Can't remember. Um, but yeah, that was one of the that sort of run. Well, Notts County as well, but that sort of run was, yeah, the best feeling that I've ever had. I think I said it to you before, no, like I do. It doesn't doesn't worry me, but it's quite scary to think that I'll never have that feeling again in terms of doing something for your hometown club, um, making a difference to that many people in like a community that you care about. It doesn't always happen like that. Like I said, I've moved four or five hours away from home now. Um, I care about the club I play, I play for, I want to do well. Obviously, when it's your hometown club, it always feels that that bit different because you've got that connection with the community and the people that 
work for the club or in the club, the fans, um, your family being at every single game. Um, it does make like, things like that make a big difference. All right, well, well, many thanks for that, time, for that, Connor. I think we've just about run out of time. So many thanks for coming on the show today. Pleasure, mate. Enjoyed it. Thank you very much. It's been lovely, it's been lovely to catch you up and, uh, and obviously upset you talking about that penalty. We had to end on a high note. Yeah, just make sure, make, sure you don't, make sure you don't leave with anything to do with the penalty when you put it out. And I'll be Things are going well for you this season, are they? Yeah, they're going well. We're actually we're doing really well. We're ninth in the table at the moment. We've got twenty eight points, um, just off the back of winning three in a row. Um, I need to find my shooting boots, but other than that, everything's everything's really good in terms of the team. We're doing really well, yeah. And never say never about that not coming back again, Chappers. Oh no, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> no, never. Oh. <laughs> well many thanks for that Connor thank you very much for coming on the show and uh, thank you for thank being you in this magnificent book as well <laughs> did, no say, worries, did Neil no. say he's got a book out did, it, did you hear about I think, that is it out yet or not <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's signed about 150 copies <laughs> <laughs> cheers Connor many thanks cheers Connor All right, cheers guys see you thank soon you. no doubt yeah bye bye Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website from less than £1 a week for everything you need to know about Pompey.